the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right. <laughs> I see. Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We are so privileged and so happy if you spend the time with us, and we thank you. Uh, we're going to be considering. Now, we finished finished uh, this past week, finished reading the book of Deuteronomy, which means the second law or the second giving of the law to the children of Israel. Uh, they're camped on the east side of the Jordan River, uh, Joshua is now taking the leadership uh, as Moses, uh, his death is imminent at uh, the top of Mount Pisgah. And uh, so Moses will move on into glory. Joshua will take leadership. And, uh, but for the meanwhile, we're, we're leaving them <laughs> At the east side of the Jordan, they they go through a period of um I think it's a one month mourning, uh, recognition of uh, Moses' death, and then they're they're good to go. This time mm-hmm. they're not going to chicken out. They don't have uh, Joshua didn't make the mistake of sending mm-hmm. spies into <laughs> the land and getting the feedback. Uh, they're going to go in uh, the the great walled city of Jericho it's across from them they can see it mm-hmm. from the Jordan and uh, so we're entering a different period now of the of their history and we'll come back to that of course after we've read the gospel of Mark mm-hmm. uh, is there anything you you might, Stacy, want to add about Deuteronomy before we uh, kind of leave it with Moses? Well, I love um, some of the things that we still, you know, that uh, they established that year of release. I mm-hmm. believe it was right every at the end of every seventh year. Debts were canceled, and Hebrew slaves were 
to be released. And I think slaves, not the same context as we would uh, right. have it today, uh, but just uh, more like in, indentured servants, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we still or I love professional athletes, uh, professional one, athletes. One <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like that. I, uh, you know, we, I mean, we still isn't that every seven years, right, is our yeah. credit resets and. Mm-hmm. And I think they even say medically every seven years, every cell in your body has been over to, is an, is a new. Uh, and I just I, I think that that's a neat. I mean, that's that's kind of built into our DNA, this uh, idea of seven and this restart and this refresh. And it was built into their hmm. even, you know, even to the culture. And we still have that that that. Uh, the sense of, of starting over, that that forgiveness of debts, that um, start yeah. afresh, and that that's built even into I our system know still that today. That like was that. so deeply ingrained in our uh, even in our body and our, psyche, in our, psyche. our body and <laughs> our I health. Think that that's what I have yeah. heard at least probably until a certain age. Maybe that stops happening <laughs> the older yeah. that we get. But um, well, that raises a question in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sometimes I have weird, weird questions, but like uh, you know, our glorified body uh, one day, yeah. it's going to be our body, uh-huh. and I think, what about the cells that you know we yeah. shed cells during a life, uh-huh. and you like you say, our body renewed right. itself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. And uh, I, I always kind of wonder well, how they're going to portion out the cells. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, like if two people, well, today you have transplanted hearts and so oh, on. Right. And, and who's going to Okay, you know, flip a coin and see who gets the heart. Who gets or, that heart back. <laughs> or uh, like if you, you were... Buried at the base of a tree, mm-hmm. and a tree grows up and uses your cells <laughs> to get, and it it bears oh fruit. Oh boy, I don't know. It bears fruit, and huh. then somebody else eats that apple from the tree that grew from your body. Right. Which, uh, who gets his Well, I mean that goes back. I not, but I I think that that goes to that age old question of. Who are what actually defines who we are, and what a body you know means. I mean that's a good old Plato Aristotle debate right there. I knew you would have. An I'll answer. try to bring it back to. <laughs> the, I don't yeah. know if I have an okay. answer, well, but I can at least make the question. Let's bring you back. Well, and, and then the other thing idea. I did want to just uh, you asked. Mm-hmm. So finished up Deuteronomy, and then yes, we will move on to Mark. I love the questions that you have this week um, for Deuteronomy, and um, maybe I'm going to ask. I, I'm going to throw one out there actually. Um, okay. So yeah, we. We are, we're live, we're right here. We've got Soapy and this is Stacy. And so if you, uh, I'm going to ask this question and if you would like to call in, that'd be great. 210-340-9585. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but I've always loved this, of course, just classic um, part in Deuteronomy. It's, it's in Deuteronomy 30, so um, chapter 30. Moses challenged the people to make what life or death decision choose you this day you know that um 
but life or death decision. And I yes. also just love how the culmination, uh, you know, you have all of these laws, the second giving of the law, um, and Moses does a great job, though, of breaking it down. In essence, these laws are life, and disobedience is there's kind of a hint, uh, a hint there for the answer it's to the quite, question, no, but is, is death. And I think those are good. Um, that's a, a good, you know, if there's confusion or if there's case or you're not quite sure what else to clear, those are, are good, solid, clear um, characteristics of choices, you know, of, of a choice. You know, if you have yeah. a hard decision to make, or if you've, yeah, um, well, which which is promoting life and which is not, you know, and what is I remember one time, maybe it was an ethics class or something. I don't know. But, you know, when you have to just really break it down, mm-hmm. um, choose, you know, is it life or is it death? And ultimately, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, mm-hmm. you know, and so you can you can always know that when you're choosing life. You are, you are being obedient. You are, you are choosing to honor, and you might not know what it you know looks like. It might be hard. It might be difficult. I think. I mean, not to make this too, um, yeah. I, but I, I think of, you know, if I mean, abortion. If we're not sure, you know, if you if you think, oh, I'm not. But if it is a life, or it, it even might be a life, or it might not be. Well, by golly, if you're going to err, you err on the side of life and you might not want to. It might not seem fair. You might not understand it. But that is what our call to being faithful and obedience is, is you just you choose choose life. And it's not always easy. You know, I mean, just (laughs) but um, I always love that part. And then I also I'm going to throw out one more question in the song of Moses. So this is his fourth um, speech, I believe, correct, uh-huh. is actually a song. Yes. And um, so in the Song of Moses, God is given a title that was later used by Jesus, the early church, and by us today, but was actually rare for the Hebrew scriptures. What title was it? And this yes. is specifically uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 6. And so if you want to just look it up, you could look it up. But uh, Deuteronomy 32, verse 6. And I, one of my favorite books of, it's a former, she's a, a died a believer, Christian, loved Jesus, uh, but she was former Muslim. And she, um, I can't remember her name. I will look it up and I will, but it is, uh, I've read it I, and she came to know Jesus through a dream. And then she, I think she died a week or two before or after Princess Diana, I can't remember, but oh. uh, she. But after she became a Christian, she fled. I think I can't remember which country she grew up in. I'm sorry, uh, but fled and, and came to the United States as an asylum Probably, seeker. Probably uh, Iran or Pakistan Iraq. or something. Probably, I guess. And uh, but the title of her book <clears throat> has a lot to do with what. Uh, what song what the what title God has given in this song and it was absolutely just life changing for her that she would dare to call God yes. this because the idea of such a personal yes with mm, with, God. with God I have I've heard that from uh, 
from uh, Islamic people here. I have people here in San Antonio who, who call the radio station and ask questions. And then I've had two or three uh, who ask if I would come and visit with them in their home or in their place of business and uh, to talk uh, about Jesus. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's interesting that they each had had dreams, Mm -hmm. like you're saying. They had had dreams about Jesus, Mm -hmm. and they uh, just felt intrigued and felt uh, that it was a clear indication that he was the Messiah, the which uh, so some God, yeah. it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing I noticed, though, that they told me, two of the men told me that uh, they they're taught that <clears throat> that God is too high, too great. Mm-hmm. Allah is too great for people to know Him. You know, we right. we talk about knowing God. And, and in some way, they take that as an, almost an insult to oh, God yes. right, that right. he would right. be knowable, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. lowers him to some extent. And, uh, mm. of course, it, in some ways, uh, you it, it makes sense, I guess. But on the other hand, it, it emphasizes the fact that God him. is willing yeah. to lower himself, to reach mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. and uh, give and for, himself, for himself out for us. Right. And it also um, elevates, in, uh, I mean, us and in, in our in the way that yes. he intended for us to be. We are his valued, beloved creation. It, uh, so it it it. Uh, and we don't want to take that, you know, of course, we don't want to take that for granted and forget that we are the created, yeah, <laughs> not right. the creator. Um, but we also want to remember that yeah. we are precious, not mm-hmm. just we, but all of his creation, you, yes, <laughs> you yeah, and you. Yeah. Um, and, so I, and we are created in, in his, his image. image. Yeah, right. That's a remarkable. I will always. Uh, this book, it, it, it's <laughs> a Bill Keys. I hope I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correct, but Bill Keys Shik. Shike, Shik, Shike. I'm not sure. B I L Q U I S and her last name S H E I K H. So she died in 1997. Uh, I, don't, I, I think she was old. You know, she, so this was um, her testimony, her biography. Um, but that's uh, the book, and then it was Nabil Koresh who uh, who um, wrote, and I think it was him who had read her book, and that's what made me read hers as well as after reading his testimony. But I will always uh, Nabil. He wrote, of course, seeking God, seeking Allah, finding Jesus. And I love that, you know, you talk about the dreams and that is, I think, many testimony of Muslims uh, because there are sincere seekers. I mean, that are genuinely seeking and wanting to know who God is. And uh, that's what I 
just, you know, we might think, oh, it's all up to us. And of course, it's wonderful when we get to be a part of that and we get to share. But God is never going to let someone who is sincerely seeking him not know him. He will go to your in your dreams if need be. He yeah. will yes. make sure um, that you encounter him and know him. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. We, I, I think we, um, hmm, it's hard to say because I, uh, I am an evangelist. I have been my whole life, mm-hmm. even as a boy, children and leading other boys at the orphanage to Jesus and so on. You're like the Pilgrim's Progress evangelist, (laughs) you are in the truest sense. Yeah, anybody. (laughs) The character evangelist. Yeah, yeah, right. But um, you have to finally come to realize to the limitations that we have as humans, mm-hmm. um, right. and, and well, I'm glad we do because uh, it, it ultimately it's God, God's Spirit yeah. who draws people to yeah. Himself, mm-hmm. and, and it's not a, not us. He is the author of the new birth, mm-hmm. the spiritual God is, and, and I find it a very great relief and encouragement as it. As in evangelism, to know that we have a very limited part, we can do a part with gratitude, with joy, and we can uh, put our hand on the plow. Or, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it, God does all the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. He, he, he does it all. In like you say, people who long for Him and look for Him are mm-hmm. the urge. It's from the Spirit, and the mm-hmm. Spirit is capable of convincing them and showing them who Jesus is, right. that which is role. So, that yeah, you've me. got to, uh, I like your attitude about that. Okay. It reminds me a little of that um C.S. Lewis about prayer. I don't pray because it changes God, although, you know, it, it does, mm-hmm. I believe, it sometimes. But he said, I don't do it because it changes God. I pray because it changes me. And I feel that maybe it could be partially also said about evangelism. I don't necessarily, you know, evangelize because it changes others. I evangelize because it builds yeah. and encourages and changes me. That um, is true. And it's... Um I think maybe more important than the God has given us a role in sharing our testimony and let, letting our light shine and be a part of the process of changing changing lives, others' lives as well. And it's just pure grace mm-hmm. we get to do that. Uh, but again, it's it's all about him. But we grow more. I think we grow more as we do that, as yeah. we share our hearts yeah. and our life and encourage others that uh, we mm-hmm. are the principal well, yes. benefactor, like you said. Yes, and of course, 
He told us to. He commanded us to. So (laughs) we do uh, obedience, and maybe that's one of the... uh, Yeah, it's obedient and faith and trust more than need. (laughs) Right, yes. Because he he could do without us. He could uh, (laughs) write the four spiritual laws in the sky every night or send an angel down on every street to to, uh, preach. But he, he involves us. He involves yeah, us. It yes. is really well, this is the Bible Live. I don't know if we actually, I know that our intro said that, but I don't know if we have said that yet. This is yes. the Bible Live. And uh, we'll wrap up, I guess, Deuteronomy on uh, um, maybe the, a good segue is just talking about maybe the, the Spirit and the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about, uh, we'll go to the book of Mark. Um, we've got John the Baptist preparing the way. We've got, uh, and then uh, that, that mention of in this week's reading was, the ultimate, uh, the only sin that is unforgivable is the rejection right. of the Holy Spirit. Right uh, so maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Also, there's many miracles upon miracles in the life of Jesus. And I'd be interested to talk about what that relationship is uh, and maybe even a little bit of the Trinity in Jesus's acting, his role in, I mean, in just healing and miracles after miracle oh, yeah. um, and how the the father, the son and the Holy spirit were working together in the life of Jesus. Um, yes. I have two questions out there in Deuteronomy 30, Moses challenged the people to make what life or death decision. And then we have in the song of Moses, God has given a title that was later used by Jesus, the early church and by us today but was actually rare for the Hebrew scripture, scriptures. What title was it? It's yeah. strange to think yeah. it rare. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, also one more question okay. I have for you. Oh, uh-oh. Uh, that is the oldest uh, song yes. recorded. Okay. Uh, n- not recorded. Written down. <laughs> written down. And what uh, I would ask you, do you know who wrote the lyrics to Moses' song. I do. I do know that. I know what uh, chapter and verse it's found in, too. Okay. What chapter and verse? It is in Deuteronomy 31, verse 19. Okay. So we have three questions. If anybody, That's who wrote, who wrote, who wrote the, lyrics. The, word, the lyrics to Moses' song. Yes. Uh, 210-340-9585. And let's go to the book of Mark. Let's see. We have a little bit of time before our first break. Yes. Uh, so let's um, yeah, let's jump to Mark. Well, I think Mark uh, would say, uh, I'm looking at the, the uh, New Living Translation, and it said, if God came to earth, what would he do? Mm-hmm. What oh. would he be like? <laughs> And uh, that's a good question because basically I think it's a, the the question Mark asked as a historian. Mm-hmm. Uh, we understand that Mark, according to uh, I think a church historian named Papias, he wrote the book of Mark, uh, book his gospel with the idea of uh, taking the perspective generally of Peter. Uh, okay. Now, we know who John Mark was in, from the book of Acts. He's a young man who uh, saw the Lord. He 
had some troubles growing up and so on. We know about his mother and his father and so on. Uh, but he became fairly close to Peter. Mm-hmm. When Peter got out of prison in the book of mm-hmm. Acts, yeah. when he got out, he went to John Mark's home. Yeah. Uh, so there was a relationship mm-hmm. there. Um, but he, he wrote uh, in, in his book, he starts out the first line of Gospel Mark. Do you have it with you? What's the, ver- the first line first. of the Gospel of Mark? This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. Okay. Uh, that is the last time Mark gives his opinion about Jesus. Mm. The rest of the book of Mark just focuses on Jesus, mm-hmm. how, he, how he affected people mm-hmm. as he went from person mm-hmm. to person, mm-hmm. village, village to, to village, uh-huh. What and you with the question basically, who is this Jesus? Interesting. And he starts first, right. and his way of telling is not by giving his opinion, uh-huh. it's by what well, here's what he did, right. what here's he what said, he, here's, here's what, I acted. what other people said. Yeah, that's so you know, I just finished um, two biographies, not autobiographies, but they were authorized biographies. Um, of Steve Jobs and Elon Musk, wow. written by Walter Isaacson. And it is very interesting. I, I would highly recommend reading an authorized biography and then reading the Gospels. Um, because, you know, Walter Isaacson, I would be interested in interviewing Walter Isaacson to see what he does and how he goes about Writing the story and the does life he, of another he, person. Does he seem to take? Yes, that, similar, right? That kind of, approach. yeah, right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. They, he he doesn't very often give his own opinion. He'll sometimes try to make sure to give several opinions, and he'll say as much. You know, maybe. Uh, but he doesn't try to insert his own. And if, but if he does, he'll say that he is. He does a great job. He's. I, thought, I think he's a. He does. He's done um, many other biographies. It's very as well, but, interesting. Yeah. John Mark does not give his opinion. He just said, "Here's what he said. Here's what he did. Here's what he taught." And in the very last of the book, he had someone. Tell their opinion yeah. very clearly oh, who this Jesus was. Yeah. And it's a surprising person. Mm, I love it. Well, there's our music. Uh, we will go into our first break and we are going to continue the book of Mark. Stay with us. Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. And my story isn't over, my story's just begun. 
Well, you want to find me if that's what my father does. Yeah, Phil, you want to find me if that's what my father does. Well, welcome back. I hate to interrupt the music. Yes, right. <laughs> I'd just let it keep playing if I Powerful could. Powerful song, <laughs> yes. Aww. Josh McDowell said long ago, uh, when we had Josh, do you realize that when we were at the mm-hmm. University of New Mexico uh-huh. uh, in back in 1972, 73, mm-hmm. We were the second campus to have Joshua Dow come and speak uh, to the 12,000 students okay. he spoke at uh, in uh, three nights. Okay. And there were only 18,000 students oh, on the campus. Me. So we, uh, we made a good, well... <laughs> It, it was Did you really tell them interesting. Be food? <laughs> yes, it, it, it it's part of the. A lot of people have wondered how uh, how did Campus Crusade? How did they function? What was their modus operandi? What was their tactic? Okay. How did we reach in a campus or a city or, mm-hmm. or a group? And it had to do with building disciples. Mm-hmm. If you could get one percent of a um, a population committed to your message, mm-hmm. to your product, or whatever, you could expose the whole uh, the whole population to that message. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, actually that was taken right out of the business world. Uh-huh. That's what Coca Cola did. <laughs> they get just one percent sold and committed to the product, and then they know they can reach a whole population with it. Well, we had eighteen thousand students. We needed a hundred and eighty. Um, people in, mm-hmm. in our discipleship network. Mm-hmm. We worked for uh, about three years mm-hmm. in evangelizing mm-hmm. and discipling, and we had 200 people in our small group network mm-hmm. studying the Word, mm-hmm. and when we had that many, we knew we could then think about exposing the whole campus. Right. And that's how jo- I, I, don't, I got <laughs> off I got off on that. But That song? Josh, Was that song? No. Uh, okay. He came to our... our um, then I had forgotten why <laughs> I started to tell you about... Oh, Josh was the first one 
he was talking about Jesus, and he said, it, it, Jesus Christ was not God, the Messiah. He deserves an Oscar. <laughs> right. <laughs> because right. He, yeah. if he, you know, he showed us what God is like and mm-hmm. so on. And I, I just say that one of those principles was that God, the creator, the creator mm-hmm. pours himself out mm-hmm. constantly in benefit of his creation. Right, yeah. I, I read a book some years ago called Hind's Feet on Hind oh, Places, yeah. a beautiful book. Yeah. And the author points out that God is like a, a stream that comes down the mountain mm-hmm. and it feeds and refreshes and uh, all as it comes down, blessing to the wildlife, to the uh, fauna, you know, to the yeah. plant. It's like Ezekiel's river, our Const- revelation. The, constantly mm-hmm. pouring himself, yeah. mm-hmm. himself out in benefit of uh, of its creation. Mm-hmm. And, of course, now we're called as believers, mm-hmm. children of God now, to pour our lives out every day, every week, every month, every year of mm-hmm. our life in benefit of others around us as well. It, mm-hmm. But that's that, what yeah. we see John Mark yeah. pointing at Jesus. This is what he did. Right. I uh, Well, I've said this quote before, so... Uh, but I'll say it again, that D.L. Moody, um, I used to carry buckets of water to thirsty people. Now there is a river that carries me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, in terms of the body of Christ, I and uh, and remembering to 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 be uh, to. It's not of our own efforts and our own right. worthiness no. or our own. It's that we are. Uh, indwelt by him and he carries us he he is the mover he is the and we are just allowing him um yeah. to use us as a vessel and um to work through us we we it's a privilege it's a great honor but in that way um isn't that so it's so sweet we get to be a part of it but he he's we wouldn't be able to do it in our own effort even if we tried mm-hmm. uh, and that's why I always love that just uh, metaphor. Uh, I used to carry buckets of water to thirsty people. I mean, it's exa- You know, that can be very yeah. exhausting, and you're going to burn out. But you know what? You just jump in. Yeah. <laughs> just jump in and yeah. allow the river him. Flowing <laughs> right. Us. Let the river flow ahead. That's a song too. Yeah. Um, but yes, that's beautiful. And yes, Mark, I love his uh, uh, approach to writing about Jesus. Um, I love it. You had put in one of the questions um, you had asked was, what aspect of the life and ministry of Jesus the Messiah did John Mark emphasize? And it's it's Christ. I'll give it. I'll go ahead. and But it's Christ the servant. And we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Christ, he really talks about the son of man the and the servant aspect of who God is, who Jesus is. Um, He's in, in John Mark writes more miracles than in any of the other gospels. There's a lot less discourse and kind of, and it's a more fast paced, um, just kind of story after story, example after example. Um, and I, it's, it's fun. It's 
great. And I, I love that question that you, if you were, you know, if you imagine God does come, what would his life look like? And I mean, yeah, it, it looked like the book of Mark, we the gospel of Mark. Miracle after He would be a servant. And mm-hmm. of course, that, that went against the grain of the people's understanding of the Messiah. Certainly, the, certainly in the Roman uh, in the times of the yeah. Roman Empire, yeah. too. And, um, and the, the disciples, too, they struggled. The first eight chapters, we see Jesus uh, preaching and teaching uh, in Galilee, in the northern part of the mm-hmm, country. Mm-hmm. And he, he's the people in general, it, out among the people, common people, uh, people with diseases and hurts and, and difficulties, and he he go to them, he meets them where they are, and he heals or he brings uh, healing to their mm-hmm. lives in various forms. Um, the second part of the book, from chapter ten to. Um, I wrote down chapter, no, chapter 8 through 10 with Jesus doing that same thing and focusing on his disciples. Who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't just a question of who you are, but he had to also introduce him to the role what it meant. Right. Like there's a come a yes. point where Peter mm-hmm. knows the answer to the question who who Jesus is. Right. He, he got said, You're who, the Christ, Son of the Living God. Yes. And then Check, Jesus good. is talking about well, well yeah, it's great that God has showed you. Blessed this. are you, Simon Peter, yeah. for that flesh and blood did not I, reveal I, this I, to you. I, I'm going to go and I'm going to be killed and it died. And Peter knew yeah. who Jesus was, who he was, but he didn't understand the role of the Messiah. Right. Yeah. And so Jesus had to say to him, Get behind me, yeah. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, real quick, <laughs> one change to another. Yeah. But so the, the, the people, then the, the mm. disciples, and the book then moved to uh, Jesus asking the people all across Mm -hmm. uh, Israel Mm -hmm. uh, as they traveled, and Samaritans Mm -hmm. and people from other people groups. As he's traveling, he then is showing people who he was by the way he lived, of what he taught. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I uh, love that. And what's... I think so fascinating. It it is the very, just the nature of God to bring healing wherever he was. Um, And I, I, and I love, what do you always say that uh, the currency of the kingdom faith is the currency of 
the kingdom, right? Right. And um, the story of the woman who had the bleeding disease, and he's walking through the crowd, and he can oh. tell she just she Precious she. Story. I know it does. Yeah. It kind of almost yeah. makes me a little teary, but um, she just knew she just needed to touch him. She just needed to get closer. She could just touch him, and and it, and she does, and she's healed. I mean, and he can tell though yeah. who touched some, you know, and um. And he says, "Go, your faith has you know made you well." And but it, it just shows in a way. I mean, it it's who he was. His very name, who God is, is life, is healing, is restoration, is, and it, we get glimpses of that, you know. And of course, ultimately, that is what a believer can long for and look to. Glory is that complete healing we will not be able to not be healed because in his presence is what's the in his presence are uh, forevermore i mean in his presence is life and is is beauty and is full restoration and we are we will be there someday but while he was here we got that little taste and it wasn't i mean in that case it wasn't even him you know, working really hard to do it, you know, really all this effort to go. It's just him being him. It's just him <laughs> as him. And, um, but as far as his role, I've always loved, I think it's you that kind of emphasized this. He had a one track mind. I mean, he knew, once he knew, uh, you know, once he, he realized, okay, I, I am, I am God. I am fully man. I'm, I'm walking by faith, though. I'm living out my. Um, but he knew where he was headed. He knew his destination was always the cross. He knew, and because um, a lot of times I think we read and or we kind of have this. We even today have this expectation, though, on Jesus's life. Well, how come he didn't, you know, just really. Spell out what marriage is supposed to be like, or why didn't he talk more about finances, like specific, you know, or why didn't, um, or why wasn't he, you know, um, we kind of view him as a the counselor or the Bible answer man or yeah. kind of a, and someday, you know, but it's like, you know, that's, that's not what Jesus came here for, though, in this. He's, he wasn't coming to just answer all of, our question to tell, you know, who Adam and Hevel, he came to fulfill his role as Messiah, to die on the cross and to raise and yeah. to, yeah. And I, I just, I like to have that just reminder because I think sometimes people feel like, well, I want more from the gospels or more from, and it's, uh, no, not, not. I mean, he, 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 was, he was doing and carrying out exactly what he was supposed to be doing. That's what I, I, know that. I was talking to a group of uh, uh, Air Force trainees mm-hmm. this morning, mm-hmm. and I always like to tell them the statement, Jesus did not come to planet Earth to prove he was God. Right, yeah. To exactly. prove he was Mm-mm. God, right? And, and it always, it yes. always gets a reaction. Well, really, you know right. what? Uh, exactly. We're so used to. Well, he's supposed to, you know, apologetic. He's supposed to prove, or how do I know? Or you know, right? Yes. Yeah. The the but if you think about it, 
if he was God, mm-hmm. just let you let your uh, your uh, resistance melt away mm-hmm. just for a second. Claim, get the idea. Okay, let's say he is God. Mm-hmm. He and, and he knows now. How he knows it's God? He's God, of course. It's also important. Let's just say it by faith. He saw the prophecies. He saw what it said about the Messiah, mm-hmm. uh, being born of a virgin, going into Egypt. The, all these mm-hmm. prophets, mm-hmm. over 300 prophecies in the Hebrew scriptures about the Messiah. And so he grew, he learned, he, he, and he he, re- he grew in wisdom and in stature. by God's word, <laughs> by the, the witness and testimony of his parents. Mm-hmm. He came to understand who he was by mm-hmm. age 12, uh, who, that he is the Messiah. Now, from age 12 to 30, mm-hmm. 18 more years, he and some of the trainees asked me, what did Jesus do for right. those 18 years? And I and I think, well, he is twiddling his thumbs or wasting his <laughs> time, or and, and well, he was uh, uh, the oldest son of a family. He was taking care of his mother, the uh, role uh, of a Jewish man, uh, a godly Jewish man, uh, taking care of his younger brothers and sisters. Uh, in that case, and of course, he continued to grow spiritually. He knew he was the Messiah. Uh, it had to be about his father's business, but he was learning more. Uh, maybe even had to begin to look in the Hebrew scriptures. Mm-hmm. He understands, like you said, he came to realize that his ultimate. Uh, end is mm-hmm. to die. Mm-hmm. He, he knew that. And to be taught up, we think he just came up with the Sermon on the Mount just on the spur of the moment. Well, no, I, Jesus wouldn't surprise me that he spent some of those 18 years in the scriptures and really honing uh, the teaching, teaching of mm-hmm. the scriptures mm-hmm. and to others and so on. Right. So he there was a lot of preparation, and then the, the time came. Uh, God indicated through his mother, mm-hmm. uh, a woman, by the way, uh, <laughs> used his mother to kind of indicate strongly, now, now the time to mm-hmm. launch your ministry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, he does that, mm-hmm. but he, and according to Mark's gospel, he does it by launching out and serving others, mm-hmm. serving mm-hmm. individual people, families, parents, mm-hmm. uh, young people, blind people, and so mm-hmm. on. He, he finds him just touching people, healing people, bringing people to mm-hmm. himself. Uh, and he was his primary message. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus' message was his identity. Mm-hmm. It was bound up. I, and that is one of the, the few religious, great religious leaders that their message dependent on who they are. 
Right. Abraham message did not depend on who Abraham was right. or Allah or any of them. But Jesus, Muhammad. the entire message was himself, his identity, and his finished work. Mm -hmm. And that's what each, John Mark is highlighting Jesus. Now, I have a good question, too. What is your famous... What is your favorite story of Jesus' interaction with uh, the with people? Um, well, I know what Will's would be because oh, as I was listening good. to it, really? thought, oh, that's sweet. That's Will's. Any t yes, every time, <laughs> and it's very much a ten-year-old boy, but he loves the loaves and the fishes, uh -huh. the loaves and fish, because I mean he is an eater. He likes to eat. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I know and, that for a fact. Uh, and I think he just loves that sweet. I think it some for some reason it just really resonates with him maybe he can also just imagine the boy have been maybe about yeah. his age <laughs> and so i think he feels like he maybe could have been a part of that four thousand people <laughs> right yeah. but not have to do any of the cleanup and just none of the cooking really either yeah. just hand it over and see what jesus does with it but uh he loves that yeah, one that's good um and then what was your favorite? Me? When you think of Jesus well, meeting people, sure. who would you think would be your so uh, stories, not parables? We're not gonna that we're not no, doing okay. Uh, well, I have uh, always loved. Let's see, just the phrase when he tells the little girl that he uh, they he says she's just sleeping. Talitha kumi, you know, I say to you, little girl, rise up. That's always kind of stuck maybe yeah. because when I first read it, I was a little girl. <laughs> and um, Well, I always look at that from the point of view of the parents. Of, the parents. of course, right. I think, wow, yes, I mean. How happy yes. they must have been right. when, when that child is yes. restored to them. Yes. That's um, good. And I, you know, maybe this is thanks to the chosen series, <laughs> but I think they really did one of their best episodes is the wedding and his very first, at least recorded, yes. miracle of the water to wine. Um, uh, I think that that's very, I just think that's so sweet. It's so very Jesus. Yes, right. <laughs> um, a wedding and friends and on his, on his mother's behalf, or her, she requested it. So maybe now as a mom um, with her yeah. oldest son, I appreciate that more. Yeah. Um, but that's really striking to me. Uh, well, that speaking of, of the wedding at Cana, where he does his yes. first miracle and launches his ministry, uh, public ministry, uh, I, I liked it because Jesus cracks a joke about, was it Peter or... Andrew, one of them, uh, bad dan dancing. Oh, in the uh, in the series, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Jesus, uh, and, and of course, it's not biblical, but uh, <laughs> but we do know he had a he had a sense of humor, and I always like that about him. Mm -hmm. I like they think that uh, Jesus would use using humor when he said um uh you 
cast some under your eye, but but you had to you criticize the, the moat, the tiny thing in someone else's eye, but who's going to take a log out of your eye? And he, they say that a lot of these Jesus preaching those kind of things probably did bring a chuckle to people right. thinking about his sense of humor. Right. Well, um, as you were talking, um, um, you know, what in what Jesus was doing those years between, you know, 12 mm-hmm. and 18, well, um, you know, Jesus was an incredibly, you know, he grew in wisdom and in stature and in mm-hmm. favor with God and man is what scripture says about yeah. him. And he was a brilliant uh he had a brilliant mind, I mean, um, as it, he would, and just in his yes, understanding of scriptures. Of and uh, so he would have been considered an incredible teacher. I mean, he probably did maybe go into whatever Joseph's um, work was, but would have, I mean, he was considered a rabbi. When he yes. called out the disciples, that would have been a great. Uh, uh, honor to be called by a rabbi to come under his teaching and a respected rabbi. What did they say about Jesus? He taught as one with authority. Yes, right. Not like the other yes. scribes, and, but right, more yeah. one with authority. Yeah, so you know he had some, yeah. some good insight, and which humor always requires good insight. Yes. Um, well, that is our music, so we will go to our second break. We are talking about the book of Mark, and um, we would love to Maybe hear from you. Maybe someone would like to call and tell their favorite story about people's Jesus involvement with people. Love it. 210-340-9585. Stay with us on The Bible Life. I believe that you are my fortress. Oh, you are my portion. You are my hiding place. Oh, I believe you are the way, the truth. We're back. <laughs> we are back. We're back in our final segment. And would like for you to call in here on the Bible Live and give us uh, maybe your favorite uh, your favorite story, in, uh, let's say the Gospel of Mark, perhaps, of Jesus' interaction with people. Uh, would it be... Uh, the father with a child that had epileptic fits mm-hmm. and was healed, or would it be 
Tabitha, the young girl who mm-hmm. was raised from the dead, or uh, who would, what would your favorite story of Jesus coming into a contact with people? He was, uh, yeah, yeah. he was very interesting. He he was good at, at, at interrupting uh, funerals <laughs> in a good way. Uh, well, I guess we had to. Can't go on with funeral now. He's alive, so we to go home, I guess. That reminds me, though, you know, uh, not to, but where is it? I think it, it might be in Mark. It might be a little bit later, but he talks about how they played a, a dirge and you complained. You know, a yes. dirge is like a funeral song, a funeral. Uh-huh. And then oh, they played a dance, like a wet eight, and you complained. And, uh, and then he goes on, and it's always been a little bit of a... on. Uh, and But the idea is um, no, matter, no matter what, no matter what the Son of Man, no matter what I do, you're going to be upset. And the reason isn't because you don't want the music. It's because you want to be the one who's playing the music. It doesn't matter what I play. You're just mad that you're not playing it. And I, you know, what the idea wow. that he's saying is that he's cutting right to the heart of yeah. our desire ultimately to be the one in control and not allowing him to be in control. And uh, that, you know, so it's kind of funny, you know, that you say, oh, he interrupted a lot of funerals. But I think that that is what was probably very difficult for some of the people in the, at the, to the Pharisees in particular, because <laughs> they were used to being in yeah. control, you know, and, and, and you have a set of rules and a set of laws in order to kind of manage expectations and to try and control uh, yourself and others. Mm-hmm. And Jesus really did come in and kind of turn that upside down, not in a disobedient way. And here, if you don't mind, actually, I'm going to really quickly. So our this is the Bible Live. And during the week on the website, thebiblelive.com or biblelive.com, we read a daily passage of scripture and in a year we'll go through the entire um, Bible and this past week we read Deuteronomy 28 through 34 and then we jumped to Mark and we got Mark 1 through Mark 8 Um, but we also have some questions and that's what this uh, Sunday night program is about is just discussing the reading and maybe going through some questions and considerations about the reading and we had put out there in Deuteronomy 30 Moses challenged the people to make what life or death decision And uh, uh, so what life or death decision? It was love God and obey his commands. If you don't mind, I'm going to real quickly read um, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, because I think it's great to just keep in mind, because then when Jesus comes, it's he doesn't disobey any of the law. He doesn't disobey. He is life. He is, he's the fulfillment. And what does that look like? And how do we implement, how do we mirror him in, in living in obedience and complete surrender and walking by faith um, while, while not being legalistic and not being under the law, but 
the law for us. I don't know. So today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life, and if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then cut to how many thousands of years? Probably about 3,000 years or to more Jesus? to Jesus. Oh, from... 1,500. Oh, wow. Okay, thanks. 1,500 <laughs> mm-hmm. years, and I have Jesus and uh, this same law and what's just so funny is they're com- they come to him a lot of the gospels and a lot of uh you know full of them complaining about Jesus's life and and what he's doing and how he's disobeying the law he's not you know he they are accusing him of disobedience and not living and keeping the sabbath and um eating uh, right. grains of wheat that they gleaned mm-hmm. from the biblical model. Right. And mm-hmm. eating it, they called him working on the Sabbath. And yeah. then ultimately, of course, complaining that he had the authority to yeah. forgive sin. You know, who, and they understood he's claiming to be God here, which would have been, you know, an, an ultimate um, pride and disobedience. Except that it was true. <laughs> was it true? Yeah. And uh, so it's an interesting, just that relationship between the very law that Moses gives and the, you know, his last breath, what he's encouraging them to do, to choose life, and then to see Jesus, and then almost butt heads with that very law. And uh, if 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 you don't get it right, if you don't realize he is who he says he is then you you get it very wrong. Um, maybe that's a, that's that C.S. Lewis quote where you you can't um, you can't not take him seriously. Either either Jesus, it's it's he was not who he said he was. In which case, it's all, don't disregard all of it. None of it is worth a, anything. A beans, you know, um, or you you completely fall on your face and you worship and you give your entire life to him. There's no in between. There's no, uh, um, no, he's an okay. Was that the Lord liar and lunatic, uh, thing? He was either a a lunatic who thought he was God, but he wasn't, or he's a liar. He, uh, he said he was God, but he knew he wasn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, or he was who he said he was. Right. Yeah. That's kind of like that Josh McDowell. Yeah. <laughs> Give him an Oscar if he wasn't yeah. who he said he was. But well, anyway, I don't know what that. I just like that kind of that connection and talk about life and life abundant. I mean, everywhere Jesus went, he was healing. And uh, and I, I do, you know, maybe in particular in this day and age, you know, you hear a lot about just mental health and mental illness and mm. just the, and I, I'm, you know, I, I, that's a very serious, it is, it's difficult, you know, to, oh, yeah. but I love how, and, and maybe they didn't quite understand, um, 
Well, I, I don't know, but it seems the way that he draws out the demons, <laughs> um, yes. whether it's literal or figurative, but um, the the mind was a battlefield. It sounds like in that day, and he right and left. Um, brings peace to people internal, yes. and that's really sweet. The boy had epileptic fits. Yeah. And then there was a guy who lived in the cemetery, mm-hmm. and he was depressed and he totally messed up mind, mm-hmm. uh, demon uh, in, uh, uh, controlled, and, and Jesus meets him and. It just changes. Uh, there's so many lives. Uh, I have a question for folks. What sign did God give John the Baptist so that he would recognize the Messiah? He is a forerunner. He's called to uh, introduce uh, the Messiah to the Jewish nation. And but and so uh he would have to know who the messiah was and god gave him uh, and a lot, a lot of people don't uh, don't know this actually it's in the book of mark where it's revealed that god gave john the baptist a clear signal so that he would know as he baptizing people <laughs> at the jordan river right. and so on so that he would know the Messiah when he sees him. He would know who he is, so then he could present him. Mm-hmm. What was the sign that, it's that a, it's God a pretty good sign. gave to John? <laughs> Just as a hint. <laughs> God gave John the Baptist that Jesus was the Messiah. Okay. Yes, that's right. We did say we were going to talk about that, didn't we? Uh I guess I can't <laughs> say it, so I'll give the question away or the answer away. Um, but this is the classic, uh, you know, it's classic. And so 210-340-9585, that is in Mark, though, the very first chapter, first, uh, verses 9 through 11. So Mark 1, verses 9 through 11, what sign? That is interesting. It will. Yeah, right. I'm surprised. Uh, I guess John the Baptist... John didn't know this already. I guess in my mind, I would have, yes, assumed. I mean, John would have known already, though. He knows his cousin. Yeah, it's his second cousin. Mary uh, and Elizabeth would have told him. Well, yeah. They didn't have pictures. I I would (laughs) guess they didn't have uh, their cell phones. They didn't have their cell phones charged or something. (laughs) (laughs) And they missed that. But... God clearly told um, John something uh, Mm. that you could know on the basis of this happening, Mm -hmm. you can know who the Messiah is. Mm -hmm. And I don't think John would necessarily know. No, I I don't think so. Because remember, even, even after he knew... John had a, he had a few doubts, and he sent Philip. message Philip uh-huh. and some of his followers to ask Jesus, right. "Are you the one to come, or should we look for another?" Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, "Look, 
the lame walk, the blind see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. He pointed to its actions, mm-hmm. what he does, right. like a mark. Now, when John was John in prison when he sent him yes. that? I wonder if he was really just kind of, so tell me what's going on <laughs> out yeah. there, more than it was necessarily doubt. Maybe, but, but the way it's worded, yes, right. it seems that maybe he just wanted to make mm-hmm. sure he yeah. didn't make a mistake in his role. Right, right, and, right. But, uh, but he, what is it okay. that J- John was looking for to know who uh, the Messiah was? Yes, and uh, on that, so the answer to that, um, <laughs> you, now we're kind of, now we have to not talk. But, uh, it, it, you know, take from that, and, uh, you know, you talk often about, and, and of course, I mean, this is scripture, it's all about, and pointing to Jesus, both the old and the new. It's all about um, Jesus. I always love that phrase. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And what is concealed and revealed is the Messiah, is Jesus, who every time I think of that, who who am I? Think of that Le Mis, Jean Valjean. Who am I? No. <laughs> it feels like Jesus okay. is. I don't know, but, um, but who is Jesus? And that is a question that we all have to uh, yes. to, to answer. Um, but as, as far as uh, the thread, you know, you also, we tend to think of, I think, the Holy Spirit sometimes as a Pentecost experience, not much of a role you know, maybe in the old head. and But I mean, throughout, you see God's spirit. I mean, in the very beginning, hovering over the face of the waters, um, various prophets throughout the Old Testament you read were consumed by the Holy Spirit. Um, you, uh, of course, the Holy Spirit and the Holy of Holies. Um, I mean, he's always moving and at work. And, and, and from that moment, the very next... Uh, account is the Holy Spirit driving Jesus out into the wilderness and then mm-hmm. the temptation. Mm-hmm. And then we get that verse in uh, what is the one sin we are told that God will not forgive. It's blasphemy, rejection of the Holy Spirit's calling the whole, uh, on your life, calling you. Um, and then, uh, I mean, you just, you see, and I don't, I, I think that that's fascinating, especially today. That is we we are indwelled with his spirit. That same that's the the God who was and is and is to come, the Alpha and Omega, He is with us. His power, the Holy Spirit, is with us and dwells us uh today, the, the right ho- now. Yeah, the Holy Spirit it, it's he said Jesus promises his disciples that they will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And he tells them very clearly he will not speak of himself. The Holy Spirit will not glorify himself, Mm -hmm. but the Holy Spirit will glorify me. Mm -hmm. He will point people to me. He will draw people to me, which I think Mm -hmm. just in a way it's so, so interesting the three persons of the Godhead, mm-hmm. how loving they are of each other, mm-hmm. that they, uh, they, the only, I guess the only co- competition 
between that could be between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And by the way, the word Father is the oh, word yes. you were looking yes. for. Uh, concerning God the Father. Yeah, the Song but, of Moses. Yeah. God has given the title that was later used by Jesus, the early church, and by us today, but was actually rare for the Hebrew scriptures. And I think that, and we're so used to, of course, our, you know, our Father who are yeah, in heaven right. and, Lord, you know, Heavenly Father. Jesus we often use that. One, it's such made that father. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And the book is I Dared to Call Him Father. I Dared to Call Him that, Father. But, wow. Yeah. Well, the other. Um, aspects of that the tri- the triune nature yes. and the miraculous and the only uh, uh, competition is <laughs> who can glorify the other more, the other <laughs> more. The, yeah. Jesus glorify the father the father mm-hmm. this is my beloved mm-hmm. son in whom I am well pleased and the spirit glorified the son the son introduces the spirit uh the, they work in such beautiful re- harmony to bring about the work of redemption. Mm-hmm. It's lovely to see. I want to say, probably uh, in conjunction with the Gospel of Mark, whatever uh, other people would say about Jesus, Jesus clearly said, believed, and said that he was God. And people need to know that, that it, uh, because some people say, well, Jesus himself never claimed to be God. Uh, it was just his disciples later. Mm-hmm. And it's very important that we know and recognize that Jesus said he was God. Mm-hmm. That was a central point of his message was himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was his message, who he was, his his identity, and his role. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus, uh, there's a wonderful book called uh, Basic, Christ- Basic Christianity by John Stott. Oh, yeah. S-T-O-T-T, Stott. Mm-hmm. And he said that Jesus clearly said, claimed to be the God he claimed direct claim to where he said, like to the woman at the well, I am the Messiah. Yeah. I am. Uh, now, he also got out of the way to teach from the Psalms that being the, the, the Messiah is God, the Son of God. So uh, there's the direct claims, then the indirect claims, where he claimed to have a power, to have an authority that oh, only God mm-hmm. has. Mm-hmm. Like he, he claimed to be the Lord of the harvest. Right. Uh, Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, mm-hmm. Of the Sabbath, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. And he claimed to be able to forgive sin. Right. Which even the Jewish religious leaders clarified, no, you can't do that. Only God can forgive me. Right. And he, says, and he says, okay. well, so you'll know I had the authority to forgive yeah. sin, rise up and walk. Yeah. <laughs> so you have direct claims, indirect claims, and that's all of his dramatized claims. Yeah. We call to sea, he calls to storm, 
uh, raises, raises the, the dead. dead. Uh-huh. Uh, it's important that we, I think, we establish sure. he claimed to be the right. Son of God. Well, and ultimately, I mean, he was crucified for that. For, for that for, very reason, yes. yes. Uh, and so, yeah, very clearly, and I think it's from that that you can then say you cannot take Jesus uh, lightly. He uh, is either Lord or he's a lunatic or a liar, and yeah. there's really no... So, and if he's a lunatic or a liar, none of it, none of it matters. The Bible doesn't matter. Christianity, I mean, it, you know, it might matter just in the way that it might try to help you find what is true uh, and what maybe, but it's not of any yeah. more consequential than any other next book. His enemies seem to understand more clearly at times what Jesus was claiming than even his disciples or yes. friends because yeah. it said uh, he said to him one time why are you wanting to uh, 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 punish me to kill me uh-huh. and they said it's not for any of your good works that we want to stone you but because you a mere man That's call a, yourself oh, God yeah, yes well I uh, love being in the Gospel of Mark. This yeah. is so much fun. We are to the end of our program. So this is the Bible Live. Um, to continue with the readings through the scripture, go to BibleLive.com or TheBibleLive.com yeah. and you can uh, listen this whole next week and we'll finish up the book of Mark. I'd like to talk next week a little bit more about the law, um, a continued kind of Deuteronomy into Mark and how Jesus affected the law and how it changed, if at all, and um, what we can take yeah. from that. Um, but we hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Um, this is Soapy and Stacy, and we hope you uh, will join us this week on the Bible Live in the readings and next weekend um, here at KSLR. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to save. is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live Broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.